Hello everyone, welcome to BizPod, the Behaviour Intervention Support Network's podcast. I'm uh, your host Sam Harris, and manager of the service, and I'm very excited about today's episode. I've got a young person who I interviewed a couple of months back actually, so apologies for the delay. And he's someone I talk about a lot in training. He is someone who was probably my first experience of working with autistic people with demand avoidance. And I didn't even realise that that was a thing or existed or something that he he would fit the profile of until probably about two years into working with him. So, you know, a lot of my journey with, with Jake, I can use his name because he, he, he says that's okay in the, in the interview you're about to hear, was about me learning uh, a lot about what worked and what didn't work and, and having to be very flexible and, um, I guess, creative <clears throat> about the way that we supported him. And, you know, in my time working with Jake, which probably spanned a good good four or five years, maybe, you know, I was in various different roles. I think I was youth serv- services manager when he started. Then I started the BizNet project. I worked a lot with him one-to-one and um, sort of enabling outside of the centre because it, it, he struggled to sort of stay regulated in the centre. Uh and yeah, I had to kind of relearn a lot of what I'd already learned about autism and what might work or help. And lots of the traditional approaches didn't really work, as is often the, the case with someone who fits the demand avoidance profile. And unfortunately, as I became more and more busy with the new project and less able to do one-to-one work, um, and Jake was having trouble really working with anyone else at our setting, uh, he'd been excluded from a couple of specialist educational provisions, and it got to the point where I just couldn't couldn't work with them anymore, and I was actually quite gutted about that at the time, because uh, it it didn't feel like I'd was able to leave him in a in a better place than than when I'd started. Um, but his mum contacted me, uh, Marie, a few months back, and said that he'd come down from his room one day because he'd been basically in his room for for a couple of months. And said, I'm, I'm too clever for this, I want some GCSEs or something along those lines. Uh, he then managed to sort of get into and stay at a, a mainstream setting for a period of time. Although I think there were some challenges along the way. But actually, you know, from, from hearing Jake and Mum talk about it, maybe not his fault so much. <laughs> and I, I, I actually think it's, it's a real success story at this point. Uh, not only of Jake himself sort of developing to a point where he could see a better way for himself but also for his family and and his mum who supported him through that um you know fought a lot of battles on his behalf and also probably with him (laughs) over certain things and 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 come out the other side of it with I think you know the potential for for lots of future success for Jake he's a very bright young man as you'll hear in the interview um and I won't give too much away yet. I'll probably come on and have my little five minutes at the end because there were some pretty amazing points for me. And I hope you find it as interesting as I did. Right, hello, everyone. Welcome to BizPod, Behaviour Intervention Support Network's podcast. I'm very excited, but I'm not sure the person that's with me is as excited. He looks a little bit more apprehensive. Um, Shall I use your first name or shall I, shall we use a pseudonym of some description? No, we can use my first name, okay, just Jake. I'm, I'm sat here with Jake. Um, Jake is someone that I worked with for a very long time. You, I think you started at Cedar when you were about eight. It must have been a few years. 
Yeah, I think it was eight. Eight, eight years. Uh, well, no, then you started when you were eight. I was going to say eight, eight years, years old. Yeah. Jake's mum's mum's just before. come in. Um, you are yeah, we are recording, and you've dribbled down your top. Currently, <laughs> so there you go. It's good. It's good. <laughs> no, it's a nice patch. I think it's the um wrap for my. We might have to edit bits of this. <laughs> Um, but I'm really excited because, like I say, I worked with Jake for a long time. Um, we've already been joking and laughing about it Please already. Keep that in. What the dribbling bit? You've got to keep that in. <laughs> um, but Jake was quite hard work for a few years, I'd say. Um, but he, I was delighted That's to it hear. Quite nicely. You would say so. Okay. What, what, what do you think was difficult? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Just me in general. <laughs> But I spoke to Jake's mum, Marie, who's with us as well, um, a few, probably a few months back, wasn't it? And, yeah. Um, just, and she said he was doing loads better, and he's 16 now, he's just come into my office, and he is officially taller than me, which sucks, but there you go, it's going to happen one day. And I wanted to get him on and just have a chat with him about what he remembers, and yeah, what changed, I guess. And one thing, when last time I saw you, Jake, you said one thing that I was really interested in, because you said one of the things that changed for you was you realised that it was actually more effort not doing what you were supposed to be doing um, than it was to actually do it. When did that happen? When did you come to that kind of... When I started my new school, probably. Okay, is that... Um, Devon School. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you went, you went to um, one school and then you were at home for quite a bit, weren't you? Because you weren't at any school for a while. Uh, I went husbandry, didn't I? You've been to several schools, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then there was that North Hill house that I was there for like three weeks mm-hmm. before I got kicked out. That one didn't go so well. That was a record as well, I reckon, for schools, in it? Three weeks? Is <laughs> in the shortest time out of school? They said I was the, one of the best behaved students there for two weeks, didn't they? Yeah, they got well, shot. Well, the first week. <laughs> But do you remember what, what, why? What, why was it two weeks and you were, what happened? Like, do you remember it? I just reckon I got bored. Got bored. And everyone else was like, really different there, compared to me, weren't they? They were all like, a lot more, like less able than me. So mm. I didn't really have anyone to talk to or anything there that I could actually get along with. So I just got bored. Well, even when you... When I was like the only one that was like me there, so... Yeah. It, did you find that at other schools? What, what about Ratcliffe? You, was there more kids a bit... Not as you? much. Like, I could talk to people at Ratcliffe. Yeah. And it was all like, we were all just misbehaved rather than like, actually not as able as anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Obviously, we, there were some people like that at Ratcliffe, but I was obviously more able than everyone, I reckon, at Northfield House. So, yeah, so you didn't feel like fit I didn't in. feel like I fit into that school mm-hmm. at all. And then you came home for quite a I while. I don't think I just fit in school in general. Well, me and school just don't get along that well. No. <laughs> Why do you think that is then? I don't know. Can I ask you something? Do you think you find it hard people telling you what to do? Yeah. And do you think you always have? Yeah. I noticed that. I remember with, like early on working with you, even if it was something that you seemed like you were up for, if I started going on about it and making it like a... A big deal. Yeah. I then wouldn't be bothered. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do it as much anymore. 
or even or sometimes you even did, you did seem more into stuff than me on on some occasions. <laughs> That's probably because he was. Uh, <laughs> but what? There was a few times where you were very excited. Yeah, but I. I remember even when we went to EGX, you were like. Oh yeah, EGX you were like was so cool. gassed at like. EGX was cool, right? Plan and everything. Like, we're gonna get a train. We're gonna get a train. You t- we're gonna get a train back. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair though, that was my job as well. I had to like to try get, and try and get to you. Get me excited. Yeah, but actually, what I learned was the more excited. The more excited you were, the less excited I was. Yeah, it, yeah, it didn't always help. <laughs> Although it did with EGX because you were you were excited about that anyway. So yeah, I didn't. I put that forward though. Yeah, like I said that first. It wasn't like something that you came. Hundred percent, and I think that made a difference. Wasn't it someone else here that went every year or something? And I was like, yeah. maybe I'd never heard of it. I'm pretty before. sure it was someone. For anyone listening, EGX is like a games conference, and you know, I didn't know what I was getting myself in for. Took Jake up there. Got it wasn't there. that bad. Besides the queues, the queues were a bit. It. Were a bit we bad. had a really good time, and it went really well. But if you were to take someone up to somewhere where they give out free energy drinks <laughs> on the door, queues everywhere. I was actually talking about the free energy drinks yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you had about four before lunch. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my mate, we, we were watching um, the Kim <laughs> Card World League, and he was like, what, what are all these energy drinks? And I was like, oh, they all like, get sponsored with energy drinks. And then I said, I was like, I remember when I went up to EGX and we were giving out these like, yeah. new free energy drinks. I think we got given um, energy drinks when we walked in, and I think we spent about half an hour trying to figure out how to open the things. Oh, those really yeah, those really odd, yeah, the slidey clip things. We had no yeah, idea. I do remember that. We were sat there, I was like trying to drink it out of like, the, the wrong end. Yeah. You got to meet Syndicate that day, weren't you? Oh, yeah. 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 I've met him twice now. Made a weird little video, didn't I? We didn't know that was what funny. I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, we had some adventures. But yeah, I, I noticed that. I thought if I, if I sometimes I went on about something too much. Um, I remember when we were just having to sprint through EGX at the end because our taxi driver just didn't have a clue, did he? Oh, he was at the wrong door, wasn't he? He sent us to he, he sent us to the wrong door at first, didn't go to the right door, and then we said we're going to meet you at the other door, went to the other door, and he went round to the door we were just at, so we had to go back again. <laughs> so, if I was to ask you then why you would get, what, would you say you got angry? Or what do you remember about like? I think it was rare for me to get angry. I just think I got bored, and then so it was like exciting to do. It was like yeah, it was like Mm. I don't know. It if I got bored doing like normal stuff. Yeah. (laughs) You looked very angry. I was gonna say yeah. Sometimes, well, no, I, I know what you mean. Though sometimes you you looked like you were doing it almost to get a reaction. Yeah. But there were other times I think when maybe when we. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, I, I, it was, but it was rarer for me to get angry mm. than it was for me to just be doing it because I was bored. Yeah. And like I think you used to not, I don't know, there were certain <laughs> other people at Cedar that you liked to see if you could get a reaction from as well oh yeah I used to <laughs> love winding people up as a kid mm. 
has that changed? Yeah, probably mm. now. Do you know why? Well, when I'm in a group of people, I'm not like I don't really wind anyone up. I don't no. think anymore. Mm. My mates might think differently, but that's just because I'm. I try and be the funny one. But there's a difference in there between like <laughs> making jokes with your mates and then trying to get someone yeah. upset. But, but the difference is we're all annoying. Right. <laughs> what, you, your group of mates? Yeah. And what about you, Marie? Have I you think seen... we're more competitive, actually, than annoying. What have you seen change, Jake? Um, he, seems, he seems to control things a lot better. Mm-hmm. You can still tell that the demands and everything else um, are still a struggle for him. But whereas before it would be like naught to a hundred mm. in a, a so quickly over stuff that would seem so small, he kind of controls that a lot better now. Mm. Um, and I don't really know. I wish I could bottle up <laughs> why it's happened and what the change is, because I reckon I could be a millionaire by now. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know what mm. what the difference is. I mean. Finishing school definitely helped. Um, being home tutored, because so many of the conflicts were all over being wound up by friends, um, getting into conflict with teachers. In all fairness, um, even now though, Devon's school didn't deal with the problem very well. You didn't feel they did. But like. But everyone's individual, aren't they? So. But I. I got assaulted by another student for I like as much as you might not believe it for genuinely no reason just because he was in a bad mood in the sports hall and I reacted to it like I didn't react to it I reacted to it by just literally walking away with two of my other mates and on the Monday literally basically the first thing I did was go out and play football in the morning and he was allowed straight out like right involved with us all again and when he was involved with us all he then attacked one of my mates as well and then that just went on for such a long period of time of him either going for me or my mates and there was no real like separation of us both we were just sort of allowed to go out and do what we wanted to do Mm. there was no jake doesn't let things go (coughs) jake struggles with letting things go so if he's been wronged or something's happened to him whereas i think you learn as you get older it's just not worth it you know, you can still be the bigger, better person um, by walking away. And actually, it takes a lot more strength to walk away yeah. from things. It takes a long time to learn that. Though, yeah. And <laughs> probably learn it quicker than I did. I think this is, this is it. Like, if he could actually just let things go mm. a little bit quicker, it would um, help you out. But he is, he's getting, you are getting better at doing it, aren't you? Mm. You've just learned that consequences I think it's about that just learning the consequences I think you've had to go through things so many times <coughs> and go through the consequences and actually realize that you know when things do go wrong there are going to be consequences and they're going to inconvenience you well more. I mean I didn't hold grudges for yesterday no and that's really good mm. and that's like the only reason thing I wonder as well if because if if someone doesn't like being told what to do and you're 
a young person in school you get told what to do like your whole that's all you get isn't it all day every day is go here go there do this do that and then I remember you saying Marie that when you were at home Jake you you came down one day or something and said I want to get some qualification is that right is that do you remember is that what you said to me Marie yeah he just um she sort of came to your own decision that actually he wanted to do his GCSEs and he wanted to get an education you said to me didn't you Mm. And it was his own choice, mm. and you had to pick me off the floor. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I didn't think I'd heard right. I thought maybe I should go to the doctor and get my ears de-waxed or something. It's not really, a, it's not really a practical solution for everyone. But I do wonder sometimes with with some young people if you just keep pushing them through a school system they don't want to be in, mm. they're just going to find ways to get out because the, the, you know, and you're not the only person I've worked with that's done that, Jake. But if if a young person wants to get out of a school bad enough, they know that there's things they can do. I mean, unless it's like an absolute sort of prison, you know, that there's behaviour that's going to get you expelled. So I don't know if that was something you ever sort of thought about. Like maybe at North Hill, if you got bored and you knew you didn't want to be there, you knew how to get home. Mm. Do you think it was conscious? Do you think it was a conscious effort? Did you know, because you knew that you would get excluded temporarily Once if you happened. kicked off mm. so when you kicked off were you doing that to get sent home or do you think it was just a unconscious thing you weren't really sometimes at the time? I had reason to but I don't mean really in North Hill House not North Hill I just did that because I did that but like at Ratcliffe I would right like I'd kick off just to get out of class sometimes okay but that was only because I was placed with the younger ones in Ratcliffe. Right. So obviously Ratcliffe had uh, the weirdest school system I've ever seen in my entire life where they would have year 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 but everything below that is one class. Okay. So whereas I'm year 6 but I'm obviously born late September so I'm relatively close to being in year 7 mm-hmm. in year 6 and all my mates moved up to year 7 and I'm left as like the oldest one in the class full of like year threes and year fours and year fives with only two other year sixes who were my mates but they were both girls so I was basically the only boy in my entire class my age so I was just like most of the time I was just like screw this yeah there's not really any peers throw a table over get taken out of the class and at least I wasn't in a class with screaming children throwing their glasses across the room which happened quite frequently actually Mm. there was a kid that just threw his glasses every now and again right he chewed I I swear I swear the kid like chose a random person students academically in the school that's what Um, I said I went into the head teacher of Ratcliffe when they all moved up mm. and I said to her and I remember this conversation I went into her office and I said to her I said when she sat down I went give us like general like quiz for the curriculum and I'll take on the whole school like they can oh, not the whole school the whole class like they can all answer the same paper together and I'll answer for myself and I'll, if I beat them I get to go up to the year above and she said no but I was like I, I, I reckon I reckon I would that like beating them because none of them really knew what they were doing and things kind of went downhill from there didn't they so if you could go back like to that age and build like an ideal school for you, what would it be like? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's probably different now to what it was. I just well back then all I would have wanted was to have been moved up the year. Right. People your own age. Because then when I was moved up, um when I was eventually moved up, I was moved up once again with the two girls because they were the year sixes. Mm-hmm. And I was moved into a class with four new kids who I hated every single one of them from the minute I walked into the class. Um, I know, I remember one of the um, kids um, sort of stood up and went, oh, you're the big one around here, not for long, or something. Like straight away, that was the first thing the kid said to me. I was like, well, yeah, you got balls. <laughs> and that was the first thing I was told. And I was like, shut up. And um, that was, they all uh, made me dislike them from the very beginning. And then I remember getting into a lot of fights in that class and not like, enjoying it at all. Would you have um, preferred then to just have done, like had a teacher and a classroom to yourself and optionally gone into class or? No, I had the class of the people who I knew Yeah. and who were my friends and who I settled into the school with was then moved away right. and then everything was new then from that moment. Do you think you would have done work with your mates in class though? Because I would have. I would have thought that would be more difficult. I would have done more work in that class, and I did do more work in that class than right. I did in any of the other ones. Because mm, you did go on your own for a while. I'm not saying I'm like perfect in the class with my mates in, and I'm not saying we didn't oh, all mess about. Right. <laughs> but I definitely did more oh, than yeah. I did in the other class. I mean, you're not going to concentrate in a class with year threes when you're at year six. Shouldn't no, exactly. And it's really <laughs> difficult because with schools and stuff, a lot of the specialist schools, Although there's definitely a place for them, you've got a group of peers, all with quite significant problems, yeah. um, all trying to mix together, and to me it just doesn't work. Mm. Um, you're all bouncing off each other, weren't you? And one could go in in a really good mood, but another one's not, and then so one says something to the other, and because you sort of struggle with your temper anyway, mm. it was then like you could go in in a really chilled mood and someone would come in and just say one thing in the morning and then that ruins it for the rest of the day you know it's something that as you've got older you've learnt to control a lot better haven't you it's just taken quite a long time but it's just a recipe for disaster instead of putting me into Devon school if you'd have put me into a mainstream school it would have worked I said yeah we all said that in the end didn't we because if it wasn't for that kid that for some reason sat out on making mine and all my friends like it was he targeted people that I liked because um my this, this is it, your like, most recent yeah Mike the head teacher even said didn't he, he the person that was causing us all the issues and one of my closest friends were absolutely fine and they've been there for like they were two of the longest people that were there and they were always quite close and because I obviously was like now best mates with it he suddenly just disliked mm. this person and wanted to cause him a load of grief constantly mm. purely because he so I I'm pretty sure it was personal he just didn't like me mm. but I think that was mostly because I came in and I was very similar to him in the stuff I did like, I was going to say that you were very similar in he, he was the same sort of height as me but I was slightly taller 
he used to play COD and thought it was like this amazing COD player. I'm better. <laughs> Don't have that, Dink. <laughs> he thought he thought he was uh, a brilliant football player. Mm-hmm. I'm better. <laughs> um, Stay humble. <laughs> thought he was, thought he, was, he was supposed to be the popular one. I came in and everyone liked me. Didn't they really? There was not That's one why person. his head's so big. <laughs> no, it was true though. That's what I said to Robin, the science teacher. I was like, at the end of the day, I've came in and I'm better than him at everything he does. Oh yeah, it does sound like he's just, you know, taking his territory. I didn't tell him that. I actually didn't tell him that. <laughs> no, well, that would explain why, if, if you had told him that, that would keep <laughs> explaining why he didn't like you. Yeah, but he, 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 he was personal because he was, I, I reckon he was jealous of him. So I wonder, like, again, it's hard not to be. Because <laughs> when you came to see the first time, you left mainstream primary <laughs> and then went on to Ratcliffe. Well, I wonder if you'd be better off in mainstream secondary in the end. I don't know. Probably not when I run into Ratcliffe. No, because at the time you you. I feel like if you put me in a mainstream school, then I just would trash the place. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But maybe there would have been a time when. But you when would I was like f- thirteen, fourteen, probably. Yeah. The problem is that it was a vicious cycle there as well because he had to have a period of time yeah. where his behaviour was okay for him to have been considered in the mainstream 100%. and although it's probably what he needed he never got to that point because yeah. of the hassles he was having and yeah, so a mainstream school is not going to take someone who's got a record of being no. aggressive in school but actually if the reason they were being aggressive in school was because of the other young people then mm. yeah like so well i always say this as bad as it sounds you're sat in a school mm-hmm. in a classroom being asked to do english writing a poem with year threes and year fours screaming in your ear and you see two of your mates come out bang on the window and say Jay come out mm. what are you going to pick are you going <laughs> to pick to go out with your mates or are you going to pick to sit and write a poem with three, year threes and year fours screaming in your ear like there's not much yeah, when you put it like that there's okay, not much yeah. of an argument for me to sit there and go you know what yeah. uh, I'll stay in the class yeah I can I can I can understand <laughs> It comes down to the same old battle though, doesn't it, with sort of education, mm. social Square services. Square pegs, round holes and yeah. all that kind of thing. They say about individualised kind of care and education and everything, but yeah. it's not really been the case. Um, I did I did want to pick up on one thing you mentioned before we started recording as well, because we we've asked you lots of questions about you, Jake. Um, but you did say something about being able to tell that sometimes I was getting wound up when we were working together. And I thought it wouldn't be fair not to include that. So, you know, because people who have been on my training know that a lot of my job is to help people try and learn ways of staying calm when things are difficult. But what you, it sounds like what you're saying <coughs> is that I wasn't quite as calm as I thought I was, maybe. Well, not that you weren't as calm. Just... <laughs> you could see there was a bit... You're not the, uh, you're not the... S- Sternest, a word? It's not the sternest. You're not the sternest of people. Oh, that's good. I don't want to be but stern. But sometimes you were, you would, you'd be like, just look at me. You'd have that look. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a long time ago, right? I've perfected different looks now, like looking at somewhere else, not like in the floor. <laughs> Do you know, you were an expert. You, you did, you seemed to know exactly what to do and say sometimes just to be difficult yeah. it's like a talent yeah I'm a very talented person you are you even are. at things I shouldn't be talented at but I am well there you go <laughs> and 
we're going to end this now, I think, by pointing out that Jake is potentially, potentially going to come back and do some volunteering and possibly even work at Seaver at some point. Which, if that happens, I will be very, very happy about. But we'll see. To be continued. To be continued. To be continued. Have to do another episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Three. Here we are. Three weeks later. Jake's just thrown one of the kids in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> Ro- rolled him down the hill. Yes. <laughs> and said, I dealt with him. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> right, well, thanks for coming in, guys, and thanks for agreeing to talk to me. And uh, thanks, if anyone did listen, thanks for listening. So there you go. I think what, what was really interesting for me in that particular interview, a couple of things, I mean, I loved the bit where Jake... Jake's perception was that I was probably more up for some of the activities than he was. Um, and again, you know, when you're working with someone with a demand avoidance, I think maybe that's what comes across. We give all this kind of enthusiasm or this will be really good, this will be really fun. A lot of the time, I mean, I didn't want to do it. I was, I, it was my job. <laughs> um, and I've, I've changed that a lot about my communica- communication style in general, actually. It's a lot more open and honest and, well, you know, this is your choice if you want to do it. Great. I'll go along with it. I'd probably quite like it or, you know, it's not my thing, but if you want to do it, that's great. That's what I'm here for. You know, we don't always need this kind of false enthusiasm. Obviously with younger children, it can help them try new things and and that kind of thing. But with those that feel the pressure of a demand, it becomes a confrontation, becomes perhaps a misjudgment of what your intention is. Uh, so I thought that was a really insightful bit for me to, to understand. Um, also, I know for periods of my time working with Jake, I wasn't as good as keeping a lid on my own feelings of frustration and things like that. And that's something I worked on a lot sort of towards the end of my time with him. And also, you know, ever since really, is, you know, being conscious of nonverbal cues, what I'm giving off, how someone with autism who we've been told doesn't have empathy but if any of you again have been on my training you'll know that's not a belief that I hold I think it's a a load of nonsense it's a myth that needs to be squashed quite quickly uh you know people are all people are picking up signals that you're giving off uh, especially those more emotional cues and and body language and non-verbal signals are really important to be aware of and, and, and sort of regulate yourself uh and then the other thing <laughs> that I thought was interesting was how much of his behaviour he put down to boredom. And I, I don't know, obviously, you know, I believe him and that's how he sees it. Uh, but I think his mum tried to kind of remind him of those times where he did certainly seem quite angry and dysregulated. But again, lots of the young people I work with and talk to, they don't have particularly clear memories of, of some of those times when they were, are really, really escalated because you know, they're in such a state of fight or flight that actually maybe they're not using the parts of their brain that, that log those memories clearly. And, and, you know, we've all come away from situations where we're really heightened and worried and nervous and scared and our memories are not always clear. We normally remember the feeling of it. So, you know, I, I wasn't surprised by that. I just, you know, I wonder if further down the line there might be for Jake some connection with the idea that he felt a bit of that I don't know whether he would call it anxiety, but just that extra sort of boost of energy and, and um, readiness and fight or flight when someone was trying to tell him what to do. Uh, you know, I'd love to get him back on and, and chat about that a bit more. Uh, 
So there you go. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did.